And so we've been talking about knowing God's plan and knowing God's design. And perfectly, purposely said that. Because God's plan, I think sometimes people look for this big grandiose thing, you know, like, you know, you know, you hear a preacher talk about, well, you got this big thing, God wants you to do this huge thing. Some people are just trying to make it out of their driveway in the morning. That's a fact. Amen. Or out of bed, let alone their driveway. They're thinking, how do I even get out of bed, you know, you know, and make this day work, you know? And that's all part of God's plan. But he has designed us and so we've talked about that, how he made us new and how he recreated us for good works. He redesigned you for something and to walk according to a certain course. And so we've been talking about various things. So it hasn't, and, and what's interesting, I don't know that we've really talked much about God speaking to us and dealing with us. But there are some crucial things. If we're going to walk out God's plan and his design. There is a design to walking out his plan. And I think some of it just can get walked out by following some of these things. And it's not as a compl complex, maybe, and it's not all about just seeking God to hear from him. It's more, way, 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 way more than that. Because uh, you know, it's not so much do we need to hear some big, you know, okay, I've got to work here and I've got to do this. and Or is it much more uh, beans and rice than that? So what do you mean by that? Plain and simple. Every day, you know, and more simplistic. And, and will that simplicity help? You with me? It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we'll just open up our Bibles then. And so, but anyway, about knowing God's plan and his design, we're going to talk about today running and not being weary and walking and not fainting. Well, if you're going to do God's plan, you got to run and not be weary and walk and not faint. So I know praying the other day, uh, this seemed to be real strong about running and not being weary, and walking, and not fainting. Well, that sounds pretty good to me. If you're going to serve God, you're going to have to run and not be weary, and walk and not faint. So if you turn with me to Isaiah 40, it's an interesting stretch of verses here, but I believe I might just look at one verse here, the 31st verse, and look at a few things from it. The other night in the young adults, I taught three verses, and it lasted an hour and a half. So, hey, this, this should be, we should have enough here to last for a few minutes. Isaiah 40, verse 31, and he's talking about how God has all this power, understanding, and all this stuff, and he talks about people in life who are going to collapse and fail, even people who are naturally strong. That would be bad if he left you like that, because then you'd be looking over your shoulder going, oh, wonderful. But notice this in verse 31. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, or literally exchange strength and capacity and ability. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, like an eagle does, you would say. Mount up literally means to soar and to, to move up higher, to ascend, and to go up. 
you'll do it like an eagle does. They get the, the force of the power of the thermoclines or the heat that causes an updraft and the force that's unseen but is real, they've learned how to get into it and they just soar. They start ascending and it almost, it's not seen. I mean, it's not, you know, like you can't notice it. I have friends who have pilot's licenses and are moving through the process and talking to them, it's interesting, they said, that just flying, you know, now these aren't, now I know there are people here who have the commercial pilot's license, I would assume that some of these things are still true because I've been in some of those planes, and they talk about turbulence and different things like that, but they said, you go, this person or people said, you know, in these small planes, you fly over a field that gets hot, you know, or certain areas, and the plane acts different but you can't see it, but you can notice certain things in the terrain. Eagles know certain areas. They can sense that, and without a ton of effort, they start mounting up, meaning you could say it like this and say that instead of saying mount up, because, you know, we sing songs like this, mount up, and we're mounting up, and we're mounting up. What does that mean? It literally means to ascend. So you could say just like an eagle ascends or goes up, this is what God wants for you. Then he goes on to say, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall ascend or go higher. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now here's some interesting thoughts about these verses. Because I think it's important He said, run and not be weary, walk and not faint, start ascending and going up like an eagle. Well, those are huge things. But notice what he did not say. And sometimes knowing what's not said helps us. Notice he did not say this is a promise. Notice he didn't say this is a commandment. I'm telling you, you have to do this. It's not even a command. Say that again. It's not even a command. He just said, if you do this, you get this. It's a fact. This is how it works. He didn't command you to do it. He just said, those who do this, this is what will happen. Period. Well, that's good news. Because, you know, we're not believing for the promise. We're not pulling it in here. Woo! Hallelujah! Trying to use all our faith. He, no, he didn't say you have, don't even have to do any of that. None. He just said, this will occur. Bam! Fact. Just going to tell you if you overeat a bunch, bam, it's a fact, right? If you lift weights, bam, you don't have to claim a promise. I'm just claiming a promise right now. You don't even have to. No, no claiming, none of that. I'm, I'm just claiming that if that if I work out, I'm going to get strong. You don't have to. And you can't claim if you eat too much, you won't. 
have the other effect. It's just, it's a fact. Right? Nobody believes that. <laughs> but everybody knows it. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They shall ascend like eagles do. Who does this happen for? People who claim it? What about the preacher? Does it happen for him? Nope. Only those who wait on the Lord. Well, I've been waiting for a long time. That's not what he's talking about. He's really talking about someone who trusts, expects, and spends some time. He said, then what will happen, the force will cause you to begin to ascend. The, the strength will cause you to be able to keep running and not get weary. If you get weary, should you stop running? Should you stop walking? Maybe we should look at, am I taking time to wait on the Lord? Because he didn't say you have to claim this promise. He said, this is just how it will be. In other words, waiting on the Lord makes it possible to run and not be weary. And to walk and not faint. And he didn't just say it would make it possible. He said, this is exactly what would happen. You could see if I'm going to fulfill the plan of God for my life, it can't be just me doing the works of the ministry. Can't be. There's no way it can be for you if you're just going to live a Christian life and do the work of the Lord and serve Him effectively. There's no way you can do it without getting weary and without fainting unless you take purposeful time to talk to Him, to worship Him, to trust Him, to expect Him, to wait on Him. Why? Because he said through that effect, it'll do just like it does to eagles. It'll make them ascend. That heat just makes them, you know, there is some effort when they first start. You, you know what I'm saying? But when they get into that place, you know, there's less effort and they are working with what's happening. And isn't that true? You know, first song, Julie and the gang, Jeremy, they don't got it. Just don't. But because we're so spiritual, we notice we keep moving forward in praise and worship, and you start saying, they're finally getting it here. Woo-hoo! Hey, finally. Maybe it's you flapping to get into the flow to where you start ascending. I would call you an eagle, you vulture. No, I'm kidding. No, he said it'd be like this said it would be like this. You would ascend, climb like an eagle does. You would move up. You would ascend in the Lord. You would. You would go up and God would work in you as you spend time with Him. How hard is that? Not hard. Actually, super simple, but couldn't the enemy just try to justify why you shouldn't, why you couldn't, why you can't, and why you wouldn't be a good idea right now? 
You know why he does that? Because he knows that if he can give you a good enough reason, you'll eat of that fruit. And think of, think of Adam and Eve when he gave them such good ideas about you should eat this, you shouldn't do this, this is what God has, and, you know, and he's trying to rob you from knowing stuff. You with me? And it sounded so good, they said, let's eat. And so Eve tore open the wrapper, and Adam reached his hand in and said, I'll have one of those. And bam. So would he ever try to talk to you and say, well, you, you just, you're too busy to spend time. What he wants you to do is run around like a turkey. They don't fly. They don't ascend. They are a bird, and they are really like a bird of prey, too. I mean, they can be vicious. That's the truth. Same with peacocks. You know, they're big animals, and they've got claws and everything, and you don't want to tangle with them. I mean, at Thanksgiving, you can, but that's a whole different version. Amen? It's easier to catch one of them than it is an eagle that's ascending. But he said, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run. Isn't that so interesting? You could run and not be weary. There is no promise of that even for a marathoner. But we are all called to run a race with God. But he said there is a promise of running this whole life and not getting weary. I wonder if we've worked harder at doing than we've worked harder at spending time, and it might help the doing. Just, I'm not, I'm just saying, maybe. So waiting on the Lord makes this happen. It's not a command. It's just a fact. That's good to know. If I'm going to wait on the Lord, this is what's going to go down. I wrote something down because I thought, this is so true. Uh, If we drink enough coffee and caffeine and we stay with it, whether we like it or not, Remember one time I was driving to a car show, a friend or a guy I knew had a 1968 Camaro with a 396 big block factory, had factory paint on it in the 80s. Original paint, original upholstery, I mean, it was in mint condition and we drove from Southern California to Sacramento and at that time, I'd never had coffee. And so he, we'd gone up, and then we're driving back, and he's about out of it. And I'm thinking, well, I need to stay awake. He said, let's pull over at Denny's. I was not familiar with Denny's, so I wasn't familiar with coffee, Denny's coffee, let alone coffee. So it was like a collision course with, whoa. And uh, so you could back then, you know cups of coffee, you know, pay a quarter or something or 50 cents, and we busted it out, bam, right there, and we went to town and started drinking, first time ever. Eh. Still don't understand this love affair, uh, you know. I was just grossing out, and he's all, put cream in it, put sugar, I, like I already did. I'm putting coffee in the sugar container at this point. 
you have another cup of sugar, please? And pour that in there trying to get, I'm like, this is horrible. And then we get in the car to drive, but guess what? It, it wasn't a command to do it, but we knew if we did it and we stayed with it, it would affect us. It, it wasn't like, you know, we were told to do this, but those who do it shall mount up with a buzz. <laughs> all, all right, here we go. And we're driving, and it worked. I still use that technique with sodas and tea, but not coffee. Just saying. Here's the thing, whether you like it or not, some people have come to like coffee and enjoy the taste. No matter how you start, alcoholics start that way. No matter how you start, and we're talking about waiting on the Lord, no matter how you start, if you stay with it, you will enjoy the effects. After a while, you probably really like it because you're actually fellowshipping, spending time with God. doesn't matter. If you just do it, you're going to enjoy the effects. Do you want the effects? Interesting. Praise the Lord. That being said, you know, on TV you know, or movies and different things like that, don't they tell you, you know, stuff like, you know, you see it, you'll see it on, I see this on Facebook, you know, don't talk to me until I've had my first cup, you know, and they post all these things, you know, I, you know, I'm this way, if you want a good me, then wait till this, you know, and all this stuff, and we talk like that about caffeine, people do all the time, it's in movies, you know, leave them alone, they haven't had their first cup, people know that at the office, people know that on Facebook, people know it in the movie, they know it everywhere, and so, and some people will contribute to their coffee, because they know it'll help them. Wonder if spending time with the Lord is like Christian caffeine. Some people need a cup this morning. If we know the effects of caffeine, and it's just a fact that it happens, you don't have to like it, but you can learn to become dependent on it, and it can change your attitude. You know, somebody said, well, you know, how much of this should I take in? Well, caffeine, I don't know. But what about this time with the Lord? The question is, how much should you take, take in? The question is, what do you want? You want to get shaky? Some people spend time with the Lord. You know, Quakers were known, that the group called the Quakers, when they first started, the, the reason they got their name, you know, a hundred and something years ago, was they would spend so much time with the Lord until they started shaking under the power of God. You want to be a Quaker? Now, I'm not trying to say, but I'm just saying they spent that time until God's power would shake them. You know, you, you know what, what do you want? You know, I remember one of the times I went to Starbucks and was sitting with a bunch of people and got some black tea. Didn't know, you know, a certain type. This was black tea. Didn't know that was strong. So I'm drinking it, drinking it. And after a while, you're like, hey. <laughs> you know, like, hey. And then you almost can kind of get a little nervous, you know. You're like, whoa, something's <laughs> happening to me. You ever been there? 
And some people get nervous in the presence of God too. Peter did, and the glory of God came and said he didn't know what to say. I've met people like that on caffeine, but you could, how much do you want? Do you, here's the whole thing. Some people, if they'd just spend time with God, it'd be easier to talk a lot more with God and with others about their faith. You don't, when somebody gets all jacked up on caffeine, they say, I want to sell it, and they just start talking. When they got filled with the Holy Spirit, the first thing they start doing is preaching. They just start rambling stuff off. You want a buzz? Drink a lot of coffee. If you want to get filled and refreshed, spend time with the Lord. How much should you? You know, on the way, because I already knew I was going to preach this, I, I, I was like, you know, if this is like a Christian caffeine and energy drink, I got some. I don't drink these personally, but I will hand them out after the service if there's any left, because I thought we could do this. Because I, I found them amusing, I thought one thing we could do, because, you know, having illustrations is not always what I do, but Jesus used seeds and different things like that in the Old Testament, you know, they're different illustrations. I was thinking what I'm going to do is have Pastor Linda come up here, I'm going to have her drink these during the service <laughs> until we're done, and then we'll be able to see what, what's going on. So anyway, I had grabbed some of these because I found them interesting. But no, I mean, listen, we just read, wait on the Lord and you shall renew your strength and mount up. You'll start to ascend. In other words, there'll be an invisible force that will start driving you upward in God. But you have to wait on the Lord. You can't just go, I want this. You got to start waiting on him, spending time, trusting him, praying, and you'll notice a force takes hold with you, his power. That's what the disciples learned whenever they faced something hard and they needed to rise above, they went to praying. But this one says, high-performance energy. We've been told that about the Bible, spending time, but they, they put this right on high-performance energy, and not only that, it enhances your mental focus. <laughs> hey, if you're a Christian, you should be spending time with God if you want some focus. Amen? I mean, it's the truth. You know, this was one I really liked. Not because I've ever drinking these, but this, this energy drink has zero carbs. No sugar. Here's the thing, spending time with God does not add a bunch of garbage to your life. It's not going to ill affect you. Now, if you drink these regular ones, I would assume you probably either don't want to be on a diet or maybe it just jacks you up so high that you, you don't need a diet. It just burns it off by itself. But I found these interesting because they have sections of energy drinks. This one's called Spider Energy Drink, the original. Get bit, stay lit. I, <laughs> That should, be, that should be what we're reading in the Bible, right? Truthfully, get bit. In other words, spend some time and you'll get lit. Somebody's like, that's so awesome, but it doesn't work by claiming it. It comes by doing it. So she only has three to drink so far. This is the original monster. And if you read the whole thing, 
in the back they have this, but their statement is this. People know these. You know how many of these are sold? They have to sell buku amounts of them because why? People expect energy by drinking them. Everybody who drinks one of these does not go, I think I want to go to bed in a half an hour. <laughs> no, they do it just like, I mean, think how much faith people put in these drinks. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through this thing. I'll just get one of these. This one, their claim to fame is monster, is if you drink this, you unleash the beast. Somebody's like, caffeine does that to me. But doesn't it change? How many people drink caffeine to give them an attitude adjustment in the morning? A lot of people. Well, praise the Lord. No, I, hallelujah. No, I wasn't saying me. I was just going, glory to God. I know somebody like that. No, people do that. And here's the famous one that probably started it all. This little guy, Red Bull. It vitalizes your mind and your body. Think of these secondary promises, facts. These, I mean, if you drink, I, these are disgusting to me. I've had one once, a part of one, and thought, okay, I don't need that. I'll take a nap. But they're bad. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there going, oh, don't talk like that about it. But okay, you like them, there is an effect. If we put such faith, you can start drinking them. Right. <laughs> and if you put such faith in that just by an action, you just stick with it because you know what will happen. You just know it. If I just do it, you don't have to claim anything. You don't have to profess anything. You just do it and you just stay with it till you get the desired result. Here are a couple thoughts um, that Jesus gave and the Bible gives about what we're talking about. And here's what we need to understand. These have natural effects, but what he's talking about has a spiritual effect. Isn't it true that when you drink caffeine, if you're kind of draggy and stuff like that, nobody's ever been there, but you know somebody who's draggy, have you ever noticed they become alert? And they're alert, and that's what they talk about, being mentally alert. But what if waiting on the Lord does something completely different? What if it can make you spiritually alert? It will. Think about in Acts 13, 1, where they all waited on the Lord and ministered to the Lord. Uh, we don't know if they just prayed, if they praised, or how they did it, but they spent time until God started speaking to them, confirming things that were already in their heart. So though you add a chemical this way, called or a, from a plant or whatever, caffeine, think about this. There is an invisible force that goes to work when we start spending time with God. It's actually something living. It's God who's working in you. It's one of the greatest things. I know for me, coming out of the world, drinking, doing drugs, giving my life to the Lord, this right here was what I had been looking for spending time with the Lord. I had spent time doing this and putting those things in it. It had a real effect. But just like this, uh, you know, these things, 
drugs are that way, but when I started spending time with God, all of a sudden I started eating of the effects of it. It was more real and satisfying than anything I'd ever done in my life. As a matter of fact, I remember one time coming home after God moving on my life and being with some Christians, I said, this is really what I've been looking for my whole life. It was very new to me at the time. I thought I'd lived in the world for this, and these things just never really did it. And do you know God doesn't just always command. He'll try to lead you and direct you into this because there are benefits for walking the walk and being strong. Walking the walk and not being weary. Walking the walk and ascending above the heights. It's way easier to go over a hill when you soar over it than to hike over it. But either way, could you imagine hiking a hill and not being weary? Not fainting? Somebody said, I'd like to do that just climbing the steps at my house. You can, spiritually. But you have to take time. Notice this in Matthew 26. Matthew 26. Jesus uh, made an incredible statement here. And um, while you're turning there, I'm going to actually read a scripture in James, the fifth chapter. James, the fifth chapter. James is the only book in the New Testament written by a pastor to his church. All the rest were written by the apostles or different ones uh, or two different leaders or different people. But James was written to a pastor writing to his church. I know it's inspired by God, but it's interesting what he said in James 5.13. He said this. He said, and he was kind of going over some different things with them. And he said, is anyone among you suffering, literally tested and tried? You've got some pressure on. Some stuff is happening. He said, let him pray. I wonder why. Maybe he knew that if they would just spend time, it would give them strength. It would fortify them. They would get answers. They would get direction. God would begin to deal with them. He would, you know, they would put them in a good place. And so he said, hey, if you're going through a tough time, here's what you need to do. And sometimes uh, people don't always do uh, what they need to do in a tough time, but thank God we can, like he said, those who do can have this happen. And really the part of the happening is not chemically induced by man, it is God doing something that we could not do. Even like at praise and worship at the end this morning, you could sense God working in people, just doing something. So Matthew 28, so he said, or 26, he said, pray. In other words, wait on the Lord, spend some time, trust him, expect, and he said it will begin to happen and work for you. Those who do it. I like that. Because he said, hey, if you do this, this is what happens. That's it. Matthew 26 is a very uh, interesting set of scriptures. 
Jesus was very fixed in scriptures. He knew stuff. He, he said he did this that the scriptures might be fulfilled, or he did this that the scriptures might be fulfilled, or he would say things like search the scriptures and see that in them they say this. And, and then one time he said to them, he said, you err and you don't know the power of God, you know, or certain types of things because, you know, he said, you don't know this, you err because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. And he talked and he was very steeped in scriptures. He was 12 years old and he was in the temple discussing scriptures and blowing people away. Not because he had funny jokes and they're like, man, this guy is hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness, where did he get these one-liners? It wasn't like that. He was very aware of the scriptures, and at 12, he was blowing the religious people away with his wisdom and his understanding. So I guarantee you, he knew Isaiah 40, because later on, actually, or earlier on in his ministry, he opened up to some verses later on in Isaiah and said, this is fulfilled in your ears right now, and he was able to find it, and for him to find it then was different for us. We can find it on our phone like that. You go, Isaiah, you don't even have to know that Isaiah is in the Bible. You just punch it in in your phone. You go, Isaiah, ah, there's over 60-something chapters. All right, then we can go all the way up to where it ends. How many, 60, or we're going to go to 40, 31? And you can just punch it right in there, and you could be there like that. Here's the difference back then. Back then, there weren't chapters and verses put. They were added later for people to reference and find it. Back then, when it says he found the place where it was written, he did it in a scroll. He didn't go, chapter 4, okay, right here. He, I mean, we're talking a big, thick book, no chapters and verses. He was so familiar, he turned there and said, this is where this verse, this is this right here, and he quoted, and he said, this verse is fulfilled in your ears. So I'm sure he was very familiar with the whole book of Isaiah because that was toward the end. And what's interesting is, I guarantee he knew the 40th chapter. And I mean, at 12 years old, this is later on, this is the end of his ministry. And he blew people away. He was very steeped in the scriptures. We should stay with them too. There's safety in following God's word and making it a priority regardless and making it a high thing. So when this occurs right here, you wonder if he had an understanding of those verses and other verses in the Old Testament about spending time with the Lord. I, uh, in Matthew 26, in verse uh, 30, uh, we'll start in verse 36. It said, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. So he came with the 11 because one of them was off doing something he shouldn't have done. He would have been better off here. But he had been entertaining stuff that was way wrong. And the enemy was able to put something in his heart. You know, the other day I was meditating on some scriptures and I was reading through that set of passages uh, when, when Judas came. I found it so interesting that they came to him and said Jesus or Judas was with them. But they asked him and they, he said, who are you seeking? And he said, 
I am. Jesus, when he spoke those words, the power of God came out of him, knocked all of them down, and Judas was standing with them. Could you imagine how God moved in Judas's life? Not, got, fell back under the power and still got back up. They all got back up. He had been with them and has this encounter and gets right back up. We need to spend time with the Lord because we don't want to do the wrong thing. When people find that they're in trouble, they need to spend time with the Lord. We need to have a habit of just talking with the Lord, praising the Lord, trusting Him, and just having, just like, you know, a healthy marriage has time where it's just not you and the kids, it's you and your wife or you and your husband. Any relationship has to have some communication. It doesn't have to be super deep, but it just needs to be there. This relationship with God needs to be that way. Open channels need to stay. And that's why you have to adjust in your walk with God because sometimes he'll deal with you about stuff and you say, no, I don't want to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. And when people do that, they're, they're shutting down the communication with him and it becomes a religious thing because they know if, if, if I just get genuine with God, he's going to deal with me. I'm going to have to do it, or I go no, and then I shut it off. And then I can be religious about it, but it's really the only reason I'm being religious is because there's something in me going, uh, you, uh, hello, and the Lord's dealing with you. And you got to keep the communication open. How, how deep can your relationship be with a friend or a spouse when you're hiding something? Not willing to adjust, not willing to change. It makes all kinds of friction. Praise the Lord. It's getting quiet in here. We can turn off the power and save the batteries because it's quiet. But the truth is the truth. It's good to just get stuff out there and be clean with it, make adjustments and do what we need to. Because listen, we want to be open to God's dealings and we want him to deal with us and we want to move further. I said this last week during a certain time at the end, you know, us obeying God breaks us away from things that hold us. Because to disobey means I'm going to hold to that. To obey means I'm going to let go of it and move forward. And so we want to obey. And so people need to spend time and be genuine. And, and, and if you're struggling in something, talk to the Lord. Don't go run in the bushes and hide. Be up front. I believe that's all he wanted with them was for them to be up front. Adam and Eve, you can't tell me he when he said, where are you? He went, ah. I don't see you. I don't know where you are. Guy, you guys are hiding. And he didn't say, did you, did you eat of the fruit? I don't know. You know, he, God said, I don't know if you did. What, how did you? The only reason he brought this stuff up was he was trying to keep communication open. He knew it all. But he wanted to give them a chance in their relationship with him to be up front. When you hide stuff and don't adjust and, and respond to them, you don't even know who you are after a while. Because you got this front going on and this stuff. It's just good to let him deal with you and, and then obey. Hallelujah.
just be genuine. Just be open with the Lord. He knows it anyway. It's not like you, he looks at you because you didn't say it, and he's like, they're so holy, they're perfect. No, your standing with God is because of Jesus, but it just helps to be honest with him. And you just want to clear things out. Okay, Lord, I, I didn't do like you said, but I, I will. You help me. Praise the Lord. So did Peter know something about Isaiah? I bet he did too. Did Jesus? I guarantee he did. So they come to this place, and he said, sit here while I go and pray over there. Jesus was hitting a hard time in his life, but he always had a regular time of prayer. And that personal time of prayer, I believe, made his whole public life completely different too. Because they knew he would go to these places, they knew he would pray, and it made his ministry, I believe, totally different. But notice this in verse 37, and he took with him. So he said, everybody sit. But then it says, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. When you're in a deeply distressing time, though the caffeine doesn't maybe taste good, drink it till you're affected. You know what I'm saying by that? As a metaphor, meaning spend some time with the Lord. It said, then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Well, what did he mean by watch with me? Did Jesus, he's there in the night, and he's like, you guys come with me. You guys stay here. Peter, you two brothers, come with me over here. And you watch with me. You see the Big Dipper? Oh, did everybody see the shooting star? You know, and the other ones are over there. And Jesus over there saying, watch with me. Oh, 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 Jesus. That cloud up there in the dark looks like a unicorn. Peter's like, no, more like a giraffe to me. He wasn't talking about watching like that. When he was talking about watching, he was talking about waiting on the Lord, spending time inquiring of the Lord, because we'll see that as we read on. Notice he said he went a little further, and he fell on his face, verse 39, and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this, pass, this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. He was just spending time working on his will with God. He knew what God wanted. He was thinking, is there another way to do this? Because I sure don't want to do it like this if there's another way to do it. And this is Jesus. If he did that and he was up front, we can do this and be up front. Verse 40 said, then he came to the disciples. Now, it wasn't to all of them. It was just to those three, because we'll see that. He came to those disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter. Now, what's interesting, he calls the 11 to go. Then he brings three, but he only comes back and addresses Peter by name. And I believe the Lord does that in our own life. He'll address us individually at times in our life and say, come aside and pray. Because he wants you to mount up. He wants you to run and not be weary. He knows something's coming. Or he just knows this is going to be helpful for you. And so what did he do? He, he said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? He said, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. 
how are we going to rise above some of the things we face in life and maybe have faced for a long time? Some of it is just going to come and change by us waiting on the Lord, becoming infused with His strength, being purposeful to take time. I mean, if we go to, we go to coffee places and we go different places and we get infused with caffeine for the purpose of gaining strength, Man, if you need to, get some friends together and say, let's do Starbucks spiritually. Let's take some time. Or you do it yourself. Brew your own coffee. I mean, what, how, how long does it take to brew a cup of coffee? I mean, seriously, 10 minutes? Is that slow? Fast? 15 minutes? Hey, now come on, you guys are all acting like nobody's ever drank coffee here. A couple minutes? A cup, one minute. A pot. Ten minutes. Five, ten minutes. Three, seven and a half. Do I hear it? Nine. Nine and a half. <laughs> Since nobody's bidding on this. Whatever it takes. And then it takes time to get the thing ready, and then it takes time to drink it. If we purpose to do that, what would five or ten minutes do for us first thing in the morning? And then five or ten minutes when you're driving. Or five or ten minutes when you're, at more when you're getting ready. Some people got a lot more time than that in the bathroom. They could use it. I mean in the shower, you know. And... Uh, Somebody's like, are you implying something? I'm preaching. Use your time. Somebody's still stuck on that. Just, you got to have to be careful what you say. Anyway, use your time. Purpose to take time. This will begin to infuse you with strength. This is what we, it's super practical, but really real. I mean, as real as caffeine is, I, like I told you about that cup I had, I still remember the Starbucks I was in of tea. And I drank it for a while, and I could tell my speech changed. I was like, whoa. Everything began to change. I sat there for 30 minutes with them. As we just talked and sipped and talked and sipped and talked and sipped, and it started getting in me, and it started affecting me, and I could tell. I was like, whoa. I didn't know if I liked how I felt, but boy, you sure can change. You get a lot of energy. But here's the thing. When he said, wait on the Lord, the benefits are yours. He didn't command you to do it. He said, if you do this, this is just what will happen? And if we're going to follow God's plan, we, we've, this has got to be foundational. And sometimes I think this, just purposing to do it even mechanically has, a, has its advantages. When I first started, I would set a clock. I think you should move past that. But at the same time, if you only have time, that, that amount of time, then maybe you shouldn't say, I'm going to spend 10 minutes doing this. 